Welcome to Godable, a daily reading of holy texts known in the Unificationist community as Hundoke. Today we are reading from the Pyeonghwa Gyeong. Pyeonghwa Gyeong, Book 8 The Reunification of Korea and World Peace. 9. Heaven is Calling Korea. July 6, 1990. Hilton Hotel, Seoul, Korea. Orientation for the Korea-Japan Economic Delegation I am truly delighted for this opportunity to speak to you economic leaders of Korea who have come here this evening at my invitation. I want to tell you how I have dedicated my life and devoted my energies to realizing the will of God on this earth and to explain my purpose for having done so. I expect great transitions to take place on the Korean Peninsula, and I would like to share with you some of the fundamental ideas I have long entertained about Korea's role in the development of the global economy. My title this evening is Heaven is Calling Korea. I hope my words will be of help to you, who are working hard for the prosperity and unity of our homeland, Korea, and for the welfare of people throughout the world. Throughout history, people have sought the fundamental truth yet they have been unable to answer even the question of whether or not God exists. Philosophers throughout history have tried to find God and missed. The founders of the great religions based their teachings on divine authority and taught humankind from that position. In this present world, however, we hear such notions as God is dead, even as we also hear others say these are the last days. The question of God is an important one for history to settle. It is also important that each person settles this question for him or herself. When we come to know clearly about God, all other questions can be resolved and settled. The answers to all questions about humankind, the creation, the world, and the universe will become self-evident. Therefore, I persevered in striving to discover God, and in the end I came to know clearly that He exists. God is eternal, unchanging, and unique. He is also the absolute being and so it is only through Him that we find absolute value. Is there anything that God absolutely needs? Does He need commodities, knowledge, or power? These are things that God can create any time He wants and can control freely by Himself. The only thing that God cannot control as He wishes is true love. True love can be found, expressed, and experienced only by relating to an object partner. A being, when it is alone, cannot experience it, and that is the case even for God. In order for God to feel true love, He had to have a created object with which to relate. Thus, God created the world to manifest His ideal of true love. When we study the natural world, we can see that all things in the mineral kingdom, the plant kingdom, and the animal kingdom were created in pairs so that they can interact through love. Also, everything was created in such a way that those of a higher order can absorb entities of a lower order. Thus, in the end, all things are meant to become part of the highest beings in the created world, namely, human beings, who are the object partners of God. Human beings are the only beings that God created to be His partners in true love. That is why it is said that, of all the myriad beings, human beings are the most precious. These words are only too true. Without human beings, the true love of God cannot manifest. Even the absolute God wants to submit himself absolutely to true love. These are precious words. Unless we recognize this, we cannot apply the concept of joy, anger, sorrow, and pleasure to God. God has placed true love in the position of the greatest value. 
It is only when God absolutely submits to true love that he can command human beings and all things also to absolutely submit to true love. Consider what great care God took in creating his partners of true love, human beings. When a young man and a young woman marry, doesn't each want their spouse to be better than themselves? Do any parents desire that their children be inferior to themselves? Absolutely not. Where does such a mindset come from? It stems from God. Accordingly, we can say that even God desires that human beings, his partners in true love, be better than himself. To God, human beings have the highest value. We are his masterpieces. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever thought about this? Each human being is a masterpiece of God. At the time of creation, God invested himself 100% to manifest his ideal, and then forgot how much he had done and invested himself yet again. By proceeding in this way, he began an infinite circular movement, and from this origin, we are provided with eternal life. By investing and investing again in others, the circular movement becomes continuous. Herein lies the logic of eternal life. So we see that true love begins from the place where you give and don't remember how much you have given. Here, we have the answer to the question, what is true love? God's ideal of creation began with his love, which is for the sake of others. Thus, true love arises from love that gives and gives yet again for the sake of one's beloved. God's purpose in creating the universe can be achieved only within the realm of true love, in which God stands as the vertical parent and the human ancestors had they not been tainted by the fall, stand in the position of horizontal parents. There, eternal life goes on forever as true love circulates, with each loving and loving again, always for the sake of others. Only in that realm of true love can we attain complete oneness and unity with God. There, we would gain the right to inherit from Him, to live together with Him, and to participate in everything He does. For us human beings, it is only then that God's love becomes our love, God's life becomes our life, God's lineage becomes our lineage, and God's will becomes our will. Only then does God's ideal become our ideal. Then we can form ideal families and an ideal world where we can live forevermore as children of the eternal God. However, when we look at the world today, instead of the original world of God's ideal, we see a world of hell overflowing with sin a history of unremitting war, a world drowning in disease and pain. Take away human beings, and the natural world and spirit world by themselves have no problem. When we think that it is because of human beings that both the natural world and the spiritual world are suffering, we cannot deny that our human world is diseased. The human world, so diseased and broken, is described by religions as being fallen. Because God is trying to restore such a world to its originally intended state, he has had to carry out a providence of salvation. The providence of salvation is the providence of restoration. In other words, the providence of salvation is the providence to restore something to the way it was. That is why the providence of restoration is also called the providence of recreation. It is broken, so it needs to be created again according to the original blueprint. In short, human beings who instead of living for the sake of others in the original world, the world of eternal life that is based on true love for the sake of others, are living in the midst of false love in a world that has been transformed into a fallen world, where people are self-centered and headed towards destruction. Herein lies the cause of the antagonism between God, the owner of the original world, and Satan, the owner of the fallen world.
and why they have gone through a history of conflict. Human history is a history of conflict between good and evil. It is not a history in which dialectical conflict is natural, as the communists claim. God desired to establish true parents, true children, true families, true nations, a true world, and a true universe, and to have dominion over them all according to the ideal of true love. Instead, Satan established false parents, false children, false families, false nations, a false world, and a false universe based on false love, and has continued to exercise dominion over them. In order to correct this, human history has involved repeated conflicts between good and evil. From the individual all the way up to the eternal spirit world, Satan has been trying to destroy the world of the principle. He does so by mimicking God's principle of historical development, creating a flawed imitation of the principled world before the true world could come into existence. Thus, evil inevitably asserts itself first and then comes into conflict with goodness. We need to know that God stands in the position of living for the sake of others. He carries out his providence of recreation through the strategy of working for the sake of others again and again and claiming something only after being struck first. Satan, however, stands in a self-centered position and takes the path of striking first, even though he then has to pay damages. God's strategy is to be struck first and then gain something, while Satan's is to strike first and then having to retreat. As you can see, the good side develops after being struck and persecuted and suffering losses, while it is the complete opposite for Satan. Tune in tomorrow for the continuation of this speech on Heaven is Calling Korea. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Godable. Godable is brought to you by the National Victory Fund and support from listeners like you. To donate, visit godable.org. Thank you.